I want to mourn the loss of all the old growth trees I've seen and tell them that we love them. It has to be a joke. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm literally about to fucking kill myself and I'm not kidding. You better fucking fix this shit. <laughs> Think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Hi, welcome to Last Man Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Much like Donald Trump, Matt was forced to make a sudden firing of his staff this week. Unusually, only a week ago, Matt went on and on about how his personal prostate masseuse, Juan Pablo, was perhaps the best thing in his life. Matt, have you ever fired somebody in your life? I've switched cable companies and phone companies. I know that. I said my business is not going to be here anymore. I imagine you like trying to ghost a girlfriend, but being so lazy, you don't actually leave. <laughs> you just kind of like, she, like I'm ghosting you. She's like, you're still here. Like, well, I'm, I'm going to leave like in a couple hours. Uh, I've fired people before. I got to tell you, it is uh, Trump loves firing people. Firing people is the worst thing you do in the world, even when they kind of deserve it. Because whoever you fire doesn't think they deserve it. And they just look at you like you've just, you're fucking Satan. Yeah, I mean, I've been fired a lot. Oh yeah, no, no, I didn't was going to ask you that. Um, Did you ever feel it was justified when you were fired? Did you look at the guy like or a woman, probably a guy, like what the fuck are you doing? I mean, like your best person ever. Uh, it varied. I mean, I usually knew I was barely always on the precipice of getting fired, but I got fired by this painter guy. Um, I couldn't really work there because the paint really irritated my skin. You know, mm-hmm. your, um, your eczema. Yes. Um, so he, first of all, he goes, uh, you got to come in and talk. And I go, are you going to fire me? He's like, we just come in. So I come in and I go, you made me fucking come in for this. I just drove 20 minutes. And, uh, so then, you know, sometimes they'll reimburse you for the gear. Yeah. So I go, all right, well, I just found this receipt for some pants that I bought. So I'll need that. And he looked at me like he wanted to punch me and gave me the money. 18 bucks. Here's your 18 bucks. Get the fuck but out But you got to be vindictive in some way if you're getting fired, in my opinion. Uh, I've, last person I fired was a, a, a young woman. Uh, for uh, She didn't really do her job. She drank a lot at the office. Oh. <laughs> she was anorexic and a drinker, which was not a great combination. Jesus. And I couldn't say I'm firing you because you're anorexic and a drinker. So I just always have to say cutbacks. You know, we're downsizing. Because <laughs> honestly, there's actually nothing you can fire like a woman for where you won't come back to haunt you. Even if she's drinking at work? Well, because yeah, there's all these laws. How you have to document it, then, then do all the stuff, then send her to rehab, then send her to like intervention. Oh. You know, there's like in California, it's like really hard to fire somebody for anything short of murder and even murder, I think. Uh, so you have to like, you have to claim your downsizing. Otherwise you, it goes on. There's like a whole six month process. It's like evicting people in California. It's almost impossible to do. Yeah. Like if people don't pay the rent, there's like a six month to nine month process to get rid of people. Yeah. They can basically just live there. They can squat forever. So I told her we were downsizing. She said, that's great. I'm suing you guys. And that was, <laughs> that was the last time I ever had an employee. I don't know. The only thing worse than being somebody than being an employee is being somebody's boss. It's just fucking annoying. Did she sue you? Uh, no, I think we gave her money to go away. Wasn't a large amount, but some amount of money to go away. Wow! So you can show up, you can get hired, drink on the job, and yes. then get money. 
No, not you. You're a white male with a history of Exxon <laughs> being fired by painting companies. Who gets fired by a painting company, Matt? That's horrible. This week's show is sponsored by the NBA regular season and first several rounds of the playoffs. The NBA regular season and first several rounds of the playoffs. Fooled you get into watching, America. Is there anything, Matt, in sports more useless than the NBA regular season? Hockey probably, too, Brian knows. It's just largely an exercise and let's play 81 games that don't really matter and get to, down to the playoffs. And even the first two rounds of the playoffs don't really matter because there's like two, maybe three, four ever at most teams that can win the title. And they don't meet each other until June. Well, the season starts in November. Like more than half the teams qualify for the playoffs in both of those leagues. Yeah, and you know basically before the season starts who's going to the playoffs. Well, there are too many games. I think it would benefit the the sport to cut back on the games a little bit, but that's not going to happen. But, but you I could mean, have picked the top. So eight, in the NBA, eight teams from each conference go to the playoffs. Yeah, The top six were a given, really, when the season started. Yeah. So some teams battle for some team at Portland and so-and-so battle for the eighth spot to get swept by the Warriors. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think Houston, as a dark horse, has a chance to actually uh, win the championship. It probably won't happen, but... I think it's a possibility. Yeah, but they were one of the four best teams in the in No, the not going in. No really? one knew what was going to happen. But I agree. I mean, it's there's basically, we know who's going to be in the finals for the most part. Does Phoenix need to play any games during the season? <laughs> do we need, do we need, do we, does it like, so half these teams shouldn't play, and half of them have under, you know, you can tell, I mean, what was it like, if you went to Vegas before the season started, it was like 90% chance Cleveland makes it the finals, 90% chance the Warriors make it the finals. It's still more exciting than baseball. I'm not going to argue with there with Matt. It's horrible. I, oh, the regular season baseball, that's a little different because that's like a marathon. Basketball is like making the playoffs is tougher in baseball. I'm just telling you, they, I love, as a Warriors fan, I love watching them go 70 and 11 or whatever and beat every team for no good reason because it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, it's five months of just masturbation material because it doesn't really matter at all. I don't know. I think it is kind of a marathon because, you know, the, it depends on who's going to get home court advantage and the playoffs and everything i mean no, you basically what you do is you play a really long season and hope nobody gets injured that's basically yeah. what happens and then if like kevin Durant gets injured you hope he gets back in time before the playoffs because that's when the only time basketball matters i would just do like a handshake thing like we all rest our best players 20 games the first 20 games and then well we some teams were doing that towards the end and then they, the nba commissioner came out against them and started calling them out for that because then the other teams that were vying for those final playoff spots which are completely useless because those teams never, ever make it anywhere in the playoffs. Right. There's a reason why one team is 70 and 11 and you're 41 and 41 and you play the exact same, same teams during the season. just those extra seven games or like an extra 10 yes. million or whatever it well, is. It might be even worse in basketball because uh, there's so many fewer players in the league in general and for each team. You can One player can carry a team a lot more than one hockey player can who's on the ice 30 seconds at a time, you know? Yeah. It's more... Brian, that's your last hockey comment today. <laughs> this is California. I don't know what the hell you're doing. Maybe we should institute the wooden spoon like in Australian football. The team that finishes last place gets a trophy, a wooden spoon to. Well, what they get is like they, get the, they get the they get the they get the number one usually get the number one pick, and somehow the teams. I mean, you can in basketball you can rise from goat. The Warriors rose from horrible team to great team pretty fast. It happens in basketball pretty fast because if you keep drafting the first three players in the draft every year, you're going to get some really good team really fast. Yeah. So it moves pretty fast. Unless you have a shitty GM who trades what makes bad, bad trades. All right. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter. I'm glad you both agree with me. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Minute Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Minute Podcast. All right, on to the show. Uh, Matt, I know that I have an enormous dick. <laughs> and uh, you, I think in your memoirs, are going to claim, this, claim something, something similar. Why would you not? I don't know why. I mean, unless you were like... 
you know, porn star, unless there was naked photos of you that proved otherwise, uh, I, I'd go with large. Here's what you say. You just say, I'm not, I'm not like porn star huge, but I'm, you know, bigger than most. That's what every guy says. Yes, right. <laughs> what, what you, I think when they ever, whenever they do those four, when they, some guy like Harvard or someone will do that study every ten years, where they actually show like most guys have small dicks. Mm-hmm. It's very disheartening to people. It throws everything throws everything out of order. Uh, here's a here's a story, a criminal story you and I both love. Richard Patterson in Florida. By the way, this, this story could only happen in Florida. Uh, he's a 65 year old dude, and he choked his 60 year old girlfriend. I guess they call him. I think when you're old, you call him lady friends. Did your grandfather like, ever have a lady friend or something like that? Fuck, I hope not. I don't know. I think it was meant to imply that you didn't have to think about them having sex because they were old and kind of gross. So they say lady friend instead of like, you know, old chick I'm fucking. I always assumed, yeah, that old people were not having sex. No, they were not until Viagra came along. I mean, someone's got to do a long-term study on what Viagra's done to old people because I think it's ruined just a shitload of relationships and old people time. Also, I feel like it's cutting short time you get to spend with grandpa because he dies early having sex. Like all those years that used to like walk with grand- old grandpa in the park or go to the baseball game with him, those are gone now because he's died like several years earlier from a heart attack, <laughs> having sex with a younger woman. See, this is almost like uh, garlic breath or something. Like uh, I feel like when you have garlic breath, it's you don't notice it, but then the other person you're like making out with, if they have garlic breath, you're like that's disgusting. What I mean by that analogy is, um, please explain. Even if I was old, I don't think I'd want an old woman to be blowing me. Yeah, you could have just said that. I don't want to do garlic bread. <laughs> well, there's two things. One is uh, maybe that's all you can get, right? That's sort of age appropriate. Because let's face it, if you're an old guy and you're not of means, you're not going to get a, tw- a 25-year-old good-looking girl or any 25-year-old girl because why is she going to want to hang out with you if you're 65 and have no money? I, no, of course not. But I think you could save up and go to the strip club or something. Well, who's to say he didn't have younger girlfriends? But the one he killed, as it turned out, with his dick by accident, was a sixty-year-old woman. So he gets a, he kills this woman during sex, and he, he claims that he cho- accidentally choked her with his dick during oral sex because his dick is too big. Because his dick is it implies that my dick is enormous. Since you and I and nobody else has ever heard of a woman being asphyxiated to death by a dick during oral sex. It implies that he has some enormous dick that most people don't have. Even if he did, it's impossible. Well, it's funny if you say even if he did, because his defense attorney is uh, trying to get the court to allow him to show his dick to the jury. And I think it's a genius move on his part, assuming he has a big dick. And assuming he's allowed to... He better have a fucking huge dick. It's a gambit, dude. You can't be going for... You know, there's something you have to consult with your client on first. Because if you go forward with that and the judge finally says yes and then you whip out a tiny dick, you're going to jail. You're going to jail Well, forever. the fact that he's in front of a jury in a courtroom, I mean, I, can't, I, I did a, a pilot recently and I was kind of nude partially on it's the set. It's not about you wrestling the young girls again, is it? No. Okay. But I, my, I was naked for a comedic sex scene and uh, my dick got so afraid in front of this big crew and everything that it literally tried to like retreat inside my body was that the comedic part <laughs> no but it's that's what the the talent that porn stars have is they have something where they don't care that everyone's looking at their dick that's true too but i also think they shoot it up with all sorts of shit as well yeah uh maybe this guy's gonna do this it's like an it feels like an oj moment like you know when the glove must fit you must acquit kind of thing yeah if it you know if the, if the dick's that big something 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 <laughs> uh so he's gotta be fluff he's gotta show this thing to the jury and they have to gasp 
As long as I gasp, I think it gets off. I would gasp no matter what the size. I'd be like, I took off work for this. Well, this reminds me why I ignore my jury summons all the time. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't, want, I, don't be that, I don't be on that one jury where you're like, okay, now you get to see the guy's dick and have to measure how big it is. Uh, so he claims that his dick was so big that it apparently like choked off the airwaves to this woman, and she actually died during oral sex. And then he accidentally waited 24 hours to call the cops after texting his attorney and texting his daughter... Which is also a weird thing to do after you've just choked somebody out with your dick. But maybe, maybe she's an attorney, too. So in the text, this is the only way they have him. In his text, he said he choked uh, this woman, whatever her name was. He choked her, and she's dead. And so his defense is he did choke her, but he didn't strangle her. He choked her with his dick, and it's all accidental. The, someone should have told him no on this. Unless it's an elaborate ploy, like his bucket list thing is I really want to show my dick to a jury. Because that's the only way I can get off because I'm 65. You think he killed a woman in his retirement complex to get this done? <laughs> Maybe. Because, first of all, she could have breathed through her nose. Secondly, you could always... It's not like he has a cat dick with spines on it. You can just remove the dick from your mouth. Like... If, if he wants to say she was blowing him, like, if he's putting his entire body weight on top of her while she's laying down, uh, yeah, but that's, like, that's not really a blowjob. That's more of a, a face-fucking, I Well, believe. it's funny you should mention that with your scientific expertise, because I interviewed uh, Dr. Michael Baugh in the corner to the stars, to the dead stars. Uh, he's done uh, Michael Jackson, a bunch of others. He's, he's the guy, he's the old guy on TV, you see. He's always brought in for a celebrity to do the post-mortem on celebrities by the celebrity family. To prove whatever side of the case they're trying to prove for their civil case. Oh, uh, but he's a very like he's got he's an old guy with the must, old guy coroner mustache, so he looks very believable. He claims in all his years of, of examining dead people and why they died, he's never seen a single case of somebody dying from oral. And you live in West Hollywood, Matt, so you know there's a large test group of people there coming very close, coming very close. It's all impossible. The time. You would your natural reflex would be to remove it from your mouth. Like you can't hold yourself underwater in a bathtub and drown. You, he claimed. Well, he claimed. Well, I guess if you were really going at a girl and you weren't really, and maybe you had your head, your beats on, and you were really paying attention. He claims the dick would have to be sufficient size to actually like go down to the Adam's apple level, where it was like choking off, you know, the entire airway, which would seem to be a very traumatic, injurious type of thing that you might notice is going on. But either way, the head would kick back the other direction. You wouldn't just leave it in your throat. Well, maybe she's a pleaser. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I see, you see the, I've seen porn. They, they take down these enormous dicks. I always wonder what the hell's going on down there. Uh, but here's the thing. Michael Bond being the best coroner ever to appear on television, noted that while he has never seen a woman die during oral sex, he has seen a, uh, a woman die after a man blew air into her pussy and she died from an embolism. I would argue that's immaterial. <laughs> it, was, it was completely off the cuff, but it just reminded me why he always gets booked on TV. So I don't know what an embolism is. Uh, it's uh, literally when you get air in your bloodstream. Mm. You know, they like used to, like I don't know, in spy stuff, they'd inject people with air into like their arms or bloodstream. And when the air gets to the heart, it literally like, pops and, right. you die, and you die. Like in the bins. Yes, exactly. So uh, you, you, if you get air in your bloodstream, you can act, it actually pops in your heart and like it literally like explodes your aorta. You Why die. was he blowing air into her pussy? That was not explained. Uh, he's just a coroner, Matt. He's not a sex expert. Well, where did he witness this? Did he pay to see it? <laughs> no, like, what? I want to know more about he this. Did the auto- he did the autopsy on the woman and why she died, and she died from an embolism, and they were trying to figure out the source of the embolism, and it turned out the guy was blowing air into her vagina. Like through a straw? <laughs> it seems like an odd thing to do, although if you did choose to do it, it doesn't seem like something you think would kill somebody. Like, it's not like... 
Like, no, I would, yeah, I would like, assume it was safe. I would assume it was, it was just, like a shop vac or something. It's just weird, but it's safe. That's why it's the best corner. But, but here's the thing. Uh, this is truly like, isn't this exactly why Florida courtrooms exist to have cases like this? So that the rest of America can gawk at how stupid Florida is and they can have extremely odd, uh, often murderous, strange, bizarre courtroom cases that we can all mock from the rest of the rest of the country. Yeah, because I feel like anywhere else in the U- U.S., and, and other countries such as, like, the Philippines, this would have never got this far. They, no. They've just been like, absolutely not. Like, you need to take a plea or whatever. you got to give Patterson confidence in his cock confidence, though. If he's resting his entire – he's on mur- trial for murder, too. If he's resting his entire defense case on the fact that his jury is going to wow- – his dick is going to wow the fuck out of the jury – yeah. He's got to be. He's got to be packing some good. Well, right now there's like a district attorney's office, like trying to figure out how big his cock yes, is. Yes, they don't know. I, nobody like, knows. How can we tell? Can we interview his ex girlfriend? Can you tell by the bulge? I'm telling you, man. Just like when they let they let OJ try that glove on, and he did that little stunt, and it didn't fail, and he got he got acquitted. This, this guy's gonna walk. I think so too. He's gonna walk with a big swagger, dude. Honestly. <laughs> Uh, Matt, let me ask you. I know after Big Dicks, your favorite thing is breastfeeding. Have you ever personally shamed a woman for breastfeeding? Or you go around the street and see women breastfeeding and just do a tisk 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 and tell them to go inside somewhere and hide in the dirty public toilets like they're told to? Nope. About three times in my life, I've looked over and been like, what is that woman doing? Oh, fuck. And then, like, <laughs> walk the other direction rapidly. Does it throw you off, really, when you see it? Um, I, I don't think it's like disgusting. I don't think it should necessarily be done like in public if you can avoid it. Um, so neither. I would just you know it'd be like a guy. It'd be equivalent to a guy pissing on a tree. I've only been shocked by it. I don't. First of all, anything people do with babies, I'm not shocked by. Uh, I'm a big fan of the human body, Matt, and, and naturalism. We well, have experts. many children. Yeah, but I don't. I'm, I'm still uncomfortable. I don't look at you know. Here's the thing for guys. Guys get very uncomfortable when women are like nude or semi-nude or in any sexual situation in a public setting, guys instinctively become, oh, they want to hide behind the bushes and stare maybe. Mm-hmm. But when they're in an actual like normalized setting and that happens, they get very uncomfortable like, because no, they don't know what they're supposed to do. Like, not like just, a strip club, but you mean no, like... No, no. If you're like at a, at a Starbucks and there's like a woman and her breast is showing, guys get very... They'll stare a little bit. They get, but is someone looking at me staring? I'll get very uncomfortable. Because guys always have that thing of like, I don't want to be accused of being rapey. I'll kind of stare. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll stare a little bit, too. But you want to hide somewhere to stare. Yeah. Uh, and the only time, two times I've been uh, upset by a woman breastfeeding was one at a family event uh, where a distant uh, relative who uh, uh, pulled out her breast, like, at the dinner table and started breastfeeding her child, which wasn't just an odd thing to do because there was an entire house to, to go to to breastfeed. Yeah. But right in the middle of, like, soup, you know, they're just, like, pulling the kid out to breastfeed, which to me is, like, there was always this, like, you know, hippy dippy re- excuse for it, but really, it's just a woman wanted to show. Yeah, I was going to assume she was like a granola lesbian dog owning. Yes, um, yes, that's my family. That's my family, Matt. And the second time was on, on an airplane uh, when there was a really obnoxious, like I'd say, five or six year old kid. I'm going to call him German because he was speaking a language I don't understand, so I'm going to say German. And uh, he was really like kind of just whining and bitching, and like on, it was like on a cross a five hour flight, and his mom uh, pulled him uh, to her side, lifted her shirt. And put him on our tit. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, it completely worked. The kid was completely pacified immediately. And I wanted to applaud a little bit because he was such an annoying fucking kid. But I think he was at least half my height. And it was just a very odd thing to see 
like a, a kid going from Nintendo to to his mom's boob. Yeah, that I feel like they, they have like a weird double standard too because their sort of premise is like I'm going to do this in the open and I'm going to like rub it in your face or whatever. But then they have this weird holstery cloak thing. It's like which is yes. it? Are you trying to cover it up or are you trying to go about it like? Well, why is, not just remove your entire shirt and you know I'll play with the other one. Well, the argument is always that it's it's very natural, which it is very natural. But that there's all body fu- bodily functions are natural. Jerking we, off is natural, extremely natural. natural. Can't do that on the subway. Uh, people, guys do. They get arrested. Uh, taking a shit is very natural. There's lots of things that are natural that we we kind of seclude ourselves and we do bodily function wise. And I'm not saying, by the way, in all those ads, all those like fake breastfeeding rights ads, they always show like the woman locked and like. Locking herself in the needle-filled, like, dirty public transit toilet, having to breastfeed her baby, because that's the only other option available. Like, either I breastfeed in the middle of Denny's, or this is my other option, like the uh, needle park here in the, in the uh, bus terminal. Right. I mean, public place, like a mall, a mall is so expansive. There are plenty of places that you can just be sort of secluded and, and private and still in public. I mean... Yeah, like just doing it at the dinner table or behind home plate for Game 7 of the fucking World Series. It's like you're trying to get attention, and you're so pathetic that you're using your baby to get attention to make some fucking statement that no one is arguing with you about. No. If you want to be a hero, go do it in fucking Saudi Arabia and get rocks thrown at you. That's exactly how I feel, which is what uh, Larissa Waters, a, uh, by the way, they're letting women become senators somehow in Australia. I don't know how that happened. Uh, she's a senator. It's something they call Parliament in Australia, a country which, before we went in the air, I was talking about this, Australia gets way too much attention for how its, its actual size and population. Yeah. Like, I feel like, like they're seen as, like, the land where, like, they have lots of hot women and they do all this stuff in the world. and also, But they're really, like, smaller than, they're smaller population-wise in Florida. They just have a huge landmass. It's largely a desert. And they just, they make a lot of noise. And we seem to treat them, like, as equals. I think they're widely seen as being really cool. Like, yes. It goes back to Crocodile Dundee. Like, we kind of want to be like them. They're somehow. all, like, cool, laid-back surfers with, like, what, you know. They're all Aryan. <laughs> well, that's, that's true, too. <laughs> really, really, they're just lesser British people when you think about it. They're, like, where they sent all the convicts from Britain. So really, which that was a good call on Britain's part. They're, oh yeah, their rainy, dank island. Oh my um, god! Hey, let's send the, the convicts to this paradise with uh, lobsters and <laughs> yes. coral reefs. Well, at the, in the 18th century, it made a lot of sense because they were kind of stuck there. So, and it was a really. By the way, it's like all the way on the other side of the world from Britain. Yeah. So there's no way those people could ever get back. It's it was great. A, it was like, well, if they escape, it's going to take them five years to get back here. Ninety <laughs> percent of them will be dead from scurvy. So we're pretty we're pretty well safe. Uh, so Australian Senator Larissa Waters, she uh, she wanted to be the first. She became, I guess, she wanted to become the first woman ever in Parliament to breastfeed her baby during a live session of Parliament. We all have we all have goals in life. That was that was ours. Yeah. Uh, for the record, she's trying to save the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. She's not having a lot of luck with that. So her second choice was just breastfeeding her baby in, in Parliament. Good job. Yes. W- what's her name? Larissa Waters. Larissa, you're a fucking hero. So she got a bill passed in Parliament to make it le- to make it fine for decorum reasons to have to be a woman breastfeeding your child during a live session of Parliament. Uh, and of course, nobody gave it. Nobody gives a shit. So they all said okay, or like didn't even notice she passed this little change in the rules. Then she immediately came back from having her baby, brought her baby to like a big vote. When they all the cameras would be there, and just started breastfeeding her baby. I'm not sure her baby was even hungry. <laughs> it's kind of like got like Richard Patterson with his dick. Yeah. She just kind of shoved the baby on her tit and just <laughs> held it there. I feel like we're coming full circle. So a long time ago, it was like we shouldn't have women as senators because they're weak and stupid. 
And it was like, well, that's that's wrong. That's we should, what you said. We man. should allow them to be senators. But then it was like, but, but wait, not, not an important. Then they're going to bring their babies to the Senate hearings and then breastfeed them and be distracted. And hey, what'd you say? Yes. What during? Then you know what? I actually think she's proven uh, the original thesis correct, and we just shouldn't have them. If that's what they're going to do, we shouldn't have them. Yeah, we should have very masculine women. Uh, we, we, I mean, we figured that. We need, we need like, Diane Feinstein, like an 80-year-old woman with, like, with pearls who looks kind of masculine. Have you ever talked to a woman who's breastfeeding? They're so distracted. They're not comprehending everything that's going on. I don't think they really let her vote. They're she's multitasking. A, she's a woman, so I don't think they let her really vote on stuff. I think she has a <laughs> fake button. It doesn't really, doesn't really register. So she, of course, made an issue out. She passed the law about this. Then she breastfeeds her kid and, and, and the camera, and you can see her smiling at the camera person. So obviously she knew it was, set, it was set up to take a picture while she was breastfeeding. Her entire life was leading up to this moment. Yeah, her hair was perfect. She looked amazing. She was all put together. She was smiling broadly with bright, bright shiny white teeth. And then she toasts the, the photos to social media because no one else really cared that much. And then made it into a big victim's a hero, heroic uh, overcoming a victim's statement about how women have been held down from breastfeeding in general, and this was a big day, like in the world that nobody else, no one cared, no one gave a shit about. Uh, we have come full circle, but isn't it full circle now that you can just create your own heroic acts? You can create, you can turn yourself into a victim, overcome the fake victimhood, then turn yourself into a hero on social media by claiming you're advancing some cause, and we're all supposed to take it seriously. All supposed to take it seriously. Yeah, she's. Her own agent, yes. writer, publicist. Uh, yeah, you can't come up with the concept and then prove it wrong no. When, when no one fucking said it in the first place. And if you're kind of like a fairly educated, well-off, like blonde white woman, there's not a lot of shit you can really do. There's not a lot of shit you can do. You can't go, she's not going Black Lives Matter, right? She's not going for like whatever, whatever. She has to go for like the breastfeeding thing because she's an attractive mom and no one's going to like probably have not taken her seriously in her past issues. This is one where you can just get a free pass on because no one could say anything about it. Yeah. Well, you know, this is why women make less money than men. Because, oh, no. Um, well, first of all, you're going to have to take at least a, a week off to have the baby, right? Yeah, I think it's longer than and that. And whether or not you want to argue for, like, subsidized, um, you know, maternity leave, you're still not working. And a lot of places don't really want to pay you to not work. And a lot of places don't want to pay you to, you know, take breaks every 10 minutes and breastfeed your kid that you brought with you to work because no one, no one really wants a kid at work when they're trying to work. That's the rationale for your why you pay women less, Matt? No, they don't get paid less. They, they're not working as much, so they get paid less. Well, it is true that the very first day she came back from maternity leave, she did the breastfeeding thing, which probably caused some kind of disruption. And then she probably handed off the baby to somebody else. I assume to take care of after the phot- photographers went away. It does seem like a massive, unnecessary distraction to promote a cause that nobody really is stopping her from doing in the first place. And you're right. I mean, so women will say, like, well, when men have to breastfeed, it's like it's going to be an issue for men, too. When men have to breastfeed? Yeah, I know. I don't get that either. I don't get that either. (laughs) And there's there's plenty of stay-at-home dads who do bottles for kids and stuff like that now. That's a big thing. So I don't see, like, how that's an issue as well. So it's really... We, in 2017, we've come a long way in terms of being able to keep a child alive. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the mom breastfeeding. The mom's pump. I mean, a lot of these celebrity moms, they pump. They leave the milk behind, the, and the male nanny, or the nanny or the dad or whoever it is, feeds the baby. Well, a friend of mine was running a conference, you know, when they have people come in from all different um, walks of life. And uh, this lady said, uh, I need to be accommodated at the conference, so I need you to provide me a refrigerator and <laughs> private room so I can store my breast milk and then breastfeed the baby. And 
It's like, no, send someone else. <laughs> this isn't our problem. If I want to bring my fucking Labrador to work and then say, you know, I need to walk it every 10 minutes, I, I don't know that they would go for that. You know, um, the Google thing where they just build a like, giant nursery in the Google offices so that people can stay there for 18 hours a day, 18 hours a day, like factory, factory caring for the children just so their parents can work longer hours. I'm not into any of it. It makes me think no one's actually working. I, I mean, didn't work used to be you, you go to work and then you come back and take care of your kid. Either you Fred Flintstone, you're like a... Go to, go to work or don't, but you can't do both. You can't bring your kid to work. I agree with you, Matt. I think this whole... Uh, it all started with it with bring your, bring your kid to work day. That was a really bad idea. Because it always turned out your kid was very unimpressed by what, what you did. That never worked. Sure. <laughs> Take your kid to work day. It was like really. It was cool for like one percent of people who have cool jobs. For everyone else, your kid gets there and goes like, "Oh man, this really this is stuff." What dad does really sucks. I'd borrow a black kid and just win so many fucking brownie points at my place of business. Uh, you could do that. First, you'd have to get a place of business. <laughs> All right, Australian senator. I still don't believe they let women be politicians. That was a big moment. Uh, suffragette. The whole uh, women's voting rights thing. Really threw us off course there, like a hundred years ago. <laughs> you should have should have nipped it. We should have nipped it in the bud back then. Now we have a special segment from the news week. Uh, actually, last week's special segment went surprisingly well. Uh, it was still axed from the show, but it wasn't didn't go that well. Uh, but in this segment this week, uh, Matt explains why George Michael's last boyfriend was a true shit heel post mortem. Uh, we can't figure out the guy's name again, but his first name, his last name was Goss. Goss. And uh, he was apparently the guy who, uh, the, the enabler for uh, uh, George Michael the last couple, two or three years of his life. Yeah, he did like a tell-all interview with some shitty British uh, magazine, and he pretty much just painted George Michael as like this really sad, uh, losery guy who, uh, he would wake up uh, in pajamas, already strange, and then he would uh, sort of putter around the house, watch TV, and then just start binge eating and smoking yes. pot while yes. watching soap operas. Yeah, and uh, and then Goss was there. He didn't mention this. He was like a boy. He was a boyfriend helper person. Yeah, he was living in the house for free. And uh, and then Michael, you know, died. And I don't know at what point. So he didn't mention that he was more of a loser than Michael because he was living off him. Michael bought the house. Yes, and uh, presumably all the McDonalds. And Ben and Jerry's beautiful house. By the way, lived next door to Kate Moss in England, in London, a nice, uh, huge uh, residential little mini mansion in London. Well, that just goes to show, you know, all those people aren't aren't happy deep down inside. What I don't do think you- anyone's happy in large houses. That's my <laughs> that's my feeling. And, and you can see on his face. I saw photos from the last few years. You can see the guy was like they kept saying he had medical condition, and he did have a medical condition. But it was mostly related to like smoking way too much weed and eating way too much food. I'm assuming a ton of prescription drugs. Prescription drugs. Oh, he had a. He ended up having a weak liver and heart because some guys can do that and live to be longer. But you know, you kind of find out like how your liver and heart are working when you start like eating lots of McDonald's and doing lots of drugs. It your, was basically Elvis. He was basically doing Elvis. Do you know Elvis didn't shit for the last two months of his life? How would you know that? <laughs> true, true story. Uh, that's what he died from. Elvis died from a, a blockage in his intestines finally because he just. His diet and whatever problem he had was so horrid that he's just he stopped passing bowel movements and he actually died from blockage in his intestines. Well, a lot of prescription drugs do give you constipation, I believe. Yeah, so I saw an ad for it during the Super Bowl. Yeah, also eat nothing but like bread, <laughs> cheese sandwiches, cheese sandwiches and bread. Apparently, and a lot of uh, probably a lot of amphetamines, I assume. And uh, he didn't shit for like two months, and then he just that was it. 
Apparently, huh. it's not a good. You know, how you don't shit for a couple of days and it starts to hurt. Imagine two months, dude. Not really. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think you would assume there would be a problem pretty early on. Well, especially if you keep putting stuff down the mouth. It's got where, where the fuck's it going? Your intestines are like those. Uh, you know, remember those inner tubes you shoot water out of? You know, uh, they would expand pretty well. They keep expanding. They keep expanding as you keep piling more shit in there, and then eventually they do fucking burst. So you're saying if he if he took a shit, he would have he would have just gone back to like Brad Pitt status, <laughs> like. Well, no, but he was. You see how bloated he was. I mean, he was getting bigger and bigger. He wasn't. He, you know, you can only put down three thousand calories a day and not shit out the other end for so long. I'm surprised it would be two months. Uh, I don't know. It's an urban <laughs> urban legend mostly. But he, that's what he, he actually died from a ruptured in his intestines from just massive amounts of fecal matter packed up into his intestines. That is horrifying. All right, enjoy your pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's what I think. Here's what I think you're trying to say about the old the old the old rent boy is. Your one job as the as the gay male assistant to the gay entertainer, uh, who is probably not even sex anymore because George Michael's probably way past the time that he was interested in sex because yeah. he was just fat and lethargic and, and older. Maybe, maybe a little tug every now and then, but nothing, nothing. They weren't they weren't going crazy on the S and M antics. Uh, your one job really is to be a loyal, never speak about what the hell's going on in the household twink, right? Yeah, that's your one job. That goes while he's alive and while and after he's dead. That's your your one unspoken rule is I will take care of you. You will not have to work as a grown man. You will eat, watch movies here, hang out with my celebrity parties, go to whatever royal shit like that, and I will introduce you as my manservant. I think these guys always think that they're being like underpaid or something because they're totally delusional narcissists, and that's the type of guy that ends up fucking someone for free rent anyways. Yes. Someone that's really entitled and lost. And so I, I feel like even after he probably stole a bunch of shit from George yeah. Michael's oh, house. Oh, absolutely he did. He still felt like he'd been wronged, even though the guy had done nothing but, you know, help. he would have been on the street otherwise or living with his parents or whatever, dead or in jail or whatever. And he still feels the need to go and do some magazine where he's painting the guy as pathetic. It's, it's a, you, ha- you feel like you'd have to be probably little passive aggressive to take that job in the first place. Because such a lowly, it's like, it's like you're a whore, but you're not even having sex. You're just like a ugly manservant who gets food for a fat guy until he dies. And As you- the guy grows older and you're in this dead-end job, it's not like George Michael dies and then uh, Someone else picks Travis you up. Tritt hires you. Go on, you go on Indeed.com and look under <laughs> like gay male manservant for, no, fat, for have, fat older celebrity. You have no salary. If anything, he throws you you know a couple hundred bucks a week. Yeah, and then you're looking at him resentful like, fuck, why did I get hooked up with this guy? It's true. This is why in the, old, in the days of the ancient Romans, uh, when, you're, when you're gay male servant, when you died, the old guy died. They killed it. They had. To, they died too. They killed themselves along with them, and were buried with them. They got a few things right. Yeah, it's like where where are you going to go from here? You basically blew Cassius, who was eighty for like. I'll tell years. you where he goes from here. He either goes to bust out the window of my car yeah. and see what's in the glove box, or he goes to do fucking interviews with. They're not even supposed to pay people for interviews. No, but they do. But they do. Yeah. So he probably got a thousand bucks and. Well, they don't, here's what they do. They don't pay you for the interview, but they pay you to use a photo you took of yourselves together with him. So, like, you know, the Today Show or whatever will pay you, like, 20 grand for the photo to use for licensing rights to the photo of you and George Michael in the, in the house. Mm. So they don't pay you for the interview. They pay you for the photo. That's how they, get, that's how they skirt that rule. I've never even seen the guy's photo. I'm assuming it looks like a fucking 
decrepit cocksucker. It just honestly, he broke the. It's like Fight Club. You broke the one rule, which is just like you lived off this guy doing nothing for several years. You're basically a leech. No matter how angry you are, just speak nicely of the dead. The guy was like basically your benefactor. He was your benefactor. I'm sure he was not a pleasant person to be around, especially towards the end. But you stayed and you took the you took the free room and board. Just say he was a great guy. I have nothing else to say. Yeah, because he didn't even accuse him of doing anything wrong. It was like. What a dick! He was all sad and ate a lot. Yes, like is that? The- it was <laughs> funny because they painted. They painted. By the way, his publicist immediately upon death painted the rosiest picture ever. How he was lively and pre- making music and performing <laughs> songs till the very end. And you know it was bullshit. But the guy's dead, so you're willing to go like, okay, I know you're lying, but still, like that's a yeah, nice story for the. That's what you do for a friend. Yes, exactly. Not this shit. All right, he sold him out, man. I'm just saying this in the future in case you become my gay mailman servant. <laughs> By the way, uh, I like Burger King. Just to let you know, because they become mute and incapacitated in some way. I don't know if you read this week. Uh, do you read uh, r- r- Naked Rapper News? I just made that up. Uh, it's stories about rappers doing really gross shit with women. Okay. Yeah. By the way, my favorite, I, I, don't, I don't like to read a lot of the tabloids online, but my favorite is any sort of black urban uh, gossip site, uh-huh. because they just go there. I don't even know what go there means, but they go there. Like, they just intent, like, they will just go, like, write 17 articles by Jimmy Fox's ass fucking people. They're not trying to be accurate. They're not trying to be accurate. They're just trying to be completely sensational and and completely saying the worst things possible they can about other black entertainers that they don't like. And the ones they do like, so if if they like the male black entertainer, then every woman who is around him accusing him of shit is a a whore, gold digging whore. If they don't like the black male entertainer, he's a faggot pussy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They just, like, and they don't make no. And they're by the way, female writers, male writers, they make no bones about it. That's just exactly what they say. So I think most people kind of, when someone's accused of something, base their opinion like that, one extreme or the other, just on yeah, how much they like the guy or how good looking the guy is. Yeah, but not usually journalists. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> so it's like you're not supposed to do. Yes, yeah, so that's like Kobe fans. Yeah, sure, Kobe Bryant, Laker fans. All said he was innocent, you know, because they're Laker fans. But you don't expect like an LA Times reporter to do, <laughs> to do the same thing. But if like, you just showed a mugshot of a guy and you're sitting next to your girlfriend, you could tell by how the guy looks if she said guilty or innocent, knowing, oh yeah. knowing nothing about the yeah. case. Yeah, well, that's why celebrities can never be convicted in court. Right. Because people is inherently have some love, generally have a love for celebrities. Unless it's an evil guy, but generally like celebrities. Even OJ, they loved OJ. Uh, so Ian wants to know, doesn't Diddy, doesn't being Diddy's personal anything, personal anything, make you immediately subject to not being able to bitch about gross shit that goes on in his home? And then he says whore, which seems unnecessary. <laughs> what so, a dick. Yeah, so Diddy's uh, personal chef. So every celebrity has a personal chef, which, by the way, is probably one thing you would want to have if you were rich. Because cooking is just... It's like a, a living personal chef. Well, I don't think they live in or they come there from 9 to 5 and they just cook you meals for all day long. Yeah. So you get to have good... Because you can't really go out all the time, especially when you're a celebrity. And you don't want to just order kookaroo or whatever the fuck. So you have, like, a gourmet chef who comes in and makes you fine meals, especially if you want to, like, be reasonably trim and fit, not fat. Or they come in like twice a week, and then they make you like. Uh, I think these ones come in every day. Okay, and they make you shit, but they make you. These are probably people that are on the healthier side, so they want you to make not, good tasting, healthier dishes. Because you know, Diddy's not fat. You want to stay like you know lean and not just have you know fucking KFC brought in every day. Right. So these are actually gourmet people. So his chef says she was fired because she complained about the fact that Diddy kept calling her into his uh, bedroom. Let's call it the sex orgy room. But there's constantly sex going on because he's Diddy and he can fuck whoever he wants. So Diddy's routinely fucking more than one person at the same time. Yeah, uh, yeah, multiple women or women coming in and out of his bedroom. 
And then she, he's ringing the fucking bell and calling her in to bring sandwiches while they're either just in the middle of or just concluding sex and everyone's still fucking naked and dicks are hanging out, all that kind of stuff. And repeatedly calling him. So she had to see his dick a lot, which, by the way, I don't know how you feel about the employer-employee relationship. You should never have to see the dick of your boss. <laughs> your boss's dick. There's no actual good reason why you should ever have to see the, your boss's dick. Inexplicable. Well, more than once, because yes. after the first time, you could say, uh, I'm no longer walking in the room, or I quit. Well, or... so she did, and also she mentioned that Diddy's friends, who would hang out the guys who were also having sex at Diddy's house, she did not say with Diddy, but assuming he also had you know, rap buddies over who were fucking other girls, would also walk into the kitchen like late night with her dicks hanging out looking for, like, some, looking for some snacks. So basically a pretty rude thing to do if you cut it in I mean, that's fine if there's no employee in the house, but there's kitchen staff, you know, and presumably he has other staff there experiencing the same thing. And so she she uh, complained to the, the Diddy's personal assistant who runs the house that she was just tired of seeing everyone's dick. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the person promised to get back to her with a response, and they did, which is like, you're fired for cause, and we're going to say that you stole Diddy's watch. <laughs> which, by the way, I hate that fucking thing, because I know that's a real, real way people fire staff. Yeah. Is they always accuse the staff of stealing shit. And by the way, half the time the staff is stealing shit. But the other half the time they're not stealing shit, they still get accused of it. And it's like, leave, sign this NDA, you won't talk about Diddy's dick, and you won't sue, and, and we won't go to the police and prosecute you, probably, you know, uh, Mexican-American woman. Did she <laughs> sign it? No, she didn't, and she sued. Um, yeah, why would you sign that? That'd be... Because you're, they intimidate you and you're scared you're going to go to the police and that Diddy's got an expensive lawyer, legal team and uh, is, rubs elbows with the... I mean, we, we were talking about this before the show. Diddy's worth $820 million. He might have a slight advantage over you in a, in a court of law. Yeah. And, and they always do that thing. That whenever they try to fire low-level people, they always say you stole shit because it's really hard to disprove that you stole shit. They was like, it's a Diddy watch. Stole Diddy watch from Diddy. <laughs> so she's suing... And immediately, like, I know everybody is, like, siding with Diddy. We just talk about how they love celebrities. Yeah. That this chick must be a gold-digging whore, that she's trying to get money out of Diddy, that she got fired for whatever reason. Diddy's people said she's just a gold, you know, just an opportunist. Seems like she handled it pretty reasonably from what you just said. From her side of the story. But here's the question that Ian wants to know. When you go to work in someone's house like that, should you just expect to see lots of, lots of dick? It's not like... Is that just a built-in expectation, or is there like have we reached the point in 2017 when like maybe people hiring household staff should not be walking around naked in front of them? I don't know. It's your house. I feel like you know you want to be comfortable. I don't see. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with being naked. Like we were just saying about so breastfeeding, you can expose your breasts but not your balls. I, I, I don't get the distinction there really. I mean, if they're like. Waving in their face or whatever, I guess I could say. Well, that. it was in a sexual nature, actually, because they were just fucking moaning and screaming, and his fucking dick was wet. So there's that. There's that. I don't know. It was I, like, it was like, he was, it was like he's a nudist, and he just happens to be walking around naked at times. It was like after like big sexual things and bringing sandwiches in to feed the fucking people after. after I, don't, just, I don't get why people are allowed to sue for this. So you saw what was going on. You weren't that into it. You chose to keep working there. Well, they sued because they, they threatened. I think she sued because they threatened her when she asked for a resolution to this. It's not so, your house. No, but she was hired to do a job there. So, you know, if you let's say I can see this happening. You're working like in a music studio and Diddy's working there. And he's just like fucking chicks in front of you and walking around with his dick out. Yeah. Would you continue to work there, Matt? Yeah, I would like be telling the stories to all my friends. And well, I, you're not a woman, Matt. You'll never understand what it's like to be a lady. I think if you're hired for a professional job, if you're hired to be a masseuse, that's all kind of implied. If you're hired to be some sort of like weird fake job just to fuck dudes, 
it's all sort of implied. But if you're actually like a carpenter or the plumber or the cook or the whatever it is or the, or the pool guy, you shouldn't have to see Dick. There's no reason why you should have to see Dick of the, of the household owner repeatedly, you know, sort of like in your face, kind of like, I can do what I want around here. I don't. I mean, is there like some level of respect you need to show people you hire? It would just depend on how it was done. I I certainly wouldn't stick up for them if they were trying to weird her out or anything. But I I almost feel like you're here superfluously. Like we're going to be doing this shit regardless. So you can either be cool with it or you can leave. But we're not going to. What? So we're supposed to change our whole deal, like the way we behave, because of the chef? It's like, well, fuck that. Well, no, but you're call- but they're calling the chef into the room to bring food into the room, and then you're still naked. You're calling the chef in. You're ringing the fucking phone and saying, "We need like some six club sandwiches." And then she gets in there, and you're still fucking like got your junk hanging out. Well, that that seems like indecent exposure. <laughs> yeah, well, right. I mean, you can't put a fucking you can't put your boxers on. I mean, well, I mean, it's not like you have to get formally dressed in tux. I don't know. know. I mean, we'll never know. We'll just never know how it went down. Ian, that's your answer right there, buddy. I don't have to tell you. Why did you call her a whore? That seems really rough. Uh, I think we've come to the point now when, like, I mean, let's say right from the point of, like, old kings and, and, and whatever lords and manors having staff and just raping their fuck out of them whenever they wanted to. Yeah. You know, plantation owners. To the point of 2017, when you're worth $820 million and you hire a personal chef to work in your house, you can put your pants on. That's where I'm at. I agree, but I just don't get the part where I'm, like, scarred for life. Oh, I saw two people fucking. It's like, uh, what, so you've never had a dick in you? Like, how, how are you traumatized by this exactly? Uh, to the point that you need millions of dollars. Well, first of all, now you're calling a whore. I'm just going off this topic. This has become very sexist. I'm behind you, personal chef. I'd love to have a personal chef. That'd be awesome. I promise to put my pants on. I want to walk around naked around my personal chef. Then she might leave. I might not get my, my, my crudite and my dip. That's what I, that's what I, I would, want. I would never have the confidence to walk around in, uh, someone I was employing naked. No. And also, First by of all, way, I'd be afraid they were going to sue me. So also, by the way, this is right after, right after, like, right after sex. So it's not like you're just, like, accidentally got out of the shower or you're changing clothes. This is after you've been just been plowing, like, three, three chicks. And then you, like, then walk around naked or in front of I her. I think Diddy made up this whole story. But I, <laughs> I just don't awesome. see him doing any <laughs> it's of this, not awesome. honestly. Yeah. It's, it's possible. Matt, let me ask you, uh, speaking of people that bug me, and this doesn't bug you, Robert De Niro, I know he bugs you only because in your lifetime, you, you have to go back to 80s movies literally to find a good movie, Robert De Niro movie, which you will do at, any, at, a, at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. But so he had like 25 years of really good movies when he worked with Martin Scorsese and all this shit. And then the last 25 years, he just coasted off those first 25 years playing like the comedic gangster. Like playing off his stereotype, yeah, and just taking fat paychecks to do stupid fucking movies. I can't even think of a good movie he's been in. He's doing like the Intern with uh, Anne Hathaway or whatever. Oh, he's now like a step below Seth Rogen in terms of acting ability. Oh yeah, in I mean, terms I think of he, the movies that he does. I mean, uh, Taxi Driver, amazing, and all this stuff like that. But now, in the last twenty five years, he's just like he's just phoning it in and just taking his fucking ten million dollars or whatever the fuck he gets. Uh, but anyhow, he won a lifetime. He won a lifetime achievement award. Quick, quick question. Yes, kind of a philosophical question. If De Niro had sort of after his last pretty good movie, um, which was at some point in the nineties, I'm going to say when he started doing the Billy Crystal comedies, the, the, that was the tipping point. Yes, right. So if he had quit doing movies after that and not done these horrendous Zac Efron buddy cop yes. movies, would he be getting this award? 
if he did nothing, or would he be more likely to get it after doing all this shitty, embarrassing work? Um, it's a good question. I mean, I think for the Academy Awards, they don't care. As long as you make money, they don't care what kind of acting you do. In terms of what you, you know, winning like Lifetime Achievement Awards. Yeah. This was like a Lincoln Center Arts Honor kind of New York, New York focus thing. And he's just enormous with his Tribeca. He has, runs the Tribeca Film Festival. The Tribeca, Tribeca, whatever the hell it is. So he's actually huge in Manhattan in terms of the film scene. But isn't it awkward when they're giving him the award and it shows the montage and it stops fucking 30 years ago? Well, no, they showed like, so they had Ben Stiller was one of the presenters. So the only, the only good thing that happened at this award, so we're going to talk about how he went off. He just spent the entire time bashing Trump. Uh-huh. But the only good thing about this award, I got caught a peek of, it, of this award show. And this is, by the way, just like, this is like, uh, you know, uh, Harvey Weinstein and Meryl Streep and, you know, big name actor, Harvey Keitel. This is a pact with like top name, like New York actors, right? Big, rich, old New York actors. The only good part was when Sean Penn gave, get, went up to give his speech. By the way, about a really dumb comedy he made with De Niro when they both sold out. Uh, when they pretended to be priests, I think it was, like in the late 80s. We're, wow. no, we're no saints or something like that. But Sean Penn's so embarrassed by that whole episode that he got up and gave like the most morose like speech about the craft of acting that was so down and so depressing <laughs> that like everyone forgot about what the hell was going on there. <laughs> he's, such, he's such a down. And by the way, Stiller, Ben Stiller came up with a great joke because he followed him. He goes, Ben Stiller says, I, I was going to tell some jokes, but, but Sean Penn stole all my good material. <laughs> uh, so De Niro spends his entire Lincoln Center honor talking about, you know, it's about movies and life. Though. It's a fucking pat on your back kind of fucking circle jerk Hollywood, New York Hollywood thing. Where the actors get together and talk about how important their craft is and how great they are and what they've done for the world. But instead of just lauding himself and lauding the craft of acting and thanking his agent and shit like that, he just went off on like a long Trump rant. It's not like a new Trump rant. There's no such thing as a new Trump rant. We're only four months into his presidency, and already there's no new Trump rants. <laughs> it's all the old stuff. Uh, and so it, it's like, why? I mean, it's just insane. He's getting standing ovations by repeating the line about Meryl Streep being a, what did Trump call her, like an overrated actress, the biggest overrated actress ever, or something like that. And he, he repeats that line, everyone's standing ovation and applause and stuff like that. Actors we know can't speak without writers writing shit for them. <laughs> so they're the worst... They're actually become the very worst spokespeople for anything. De Niro's pretty bad off the cuff. Yeah. Uh, it makes me think that he might be a good actor because he might be kind of retarded and he kind of believes uh, what he's saying. He's got that weird... He doesn't. If you notice in his, in his movies, he does mostly like... It's a very emoting and body language kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's not a man great with words. He's not like... It's not like one of those classically trained British actors who gives those great mon- Shakespearean monologues. He is like a... Like a... Like, he does that thing where he like pulls his face back and kind of you know lifts his eyebrow and I think he might be kind of dumb. What evidence do we have that he's not kind of dumb? Has he ever said anything interesting? Oh, we do, we assume we it's real weird. We assume all jocks are stupid, and we assume which isn't far off. And we assume, but some are some are actually smart. And we assume all actors are intelligent because we assume because they're rich and they dress nice and they play movie roles of intelligent people. That they're smart people, mm-hmm. like Tim. Ro- I always felt that way about Tim Robbins. <laughs> he always plays like the guy who knows, you know, is really smart in the movies, or whatever it is. Sometimes he plays a dumb guy, and then he speaks. You're like, no, actually, you know, without a script, he's actually pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> right. There's no reason to assume. Remember drama in high school? There's no reason to assume those are above average intelligence people. It's, well, just it, a career in in saying lines is not something that that uh, your average genius kind of finds appealing. Well, here's what we know. Here's what we know about people who are actors. They never took hard classes in college. 
right? They study. They took drama and they drank tea or coffee, and they took a lot of drama and arts classes. They never took science classes. Half of them dropped out of high school. Well, a lot of them, well, a lot of the ones that did drop out of high school, but most of them were like the bigger names went to college somewhere and studied acting, or act, they went to Oberlin and studied acting or something like that. No reason to assume. No reason to assume they're smart people. So here's my point, Matt. Is this like I hear this Trump derangement syndrome? You and I, again, as a disclaimer, did not vote for Trump. You didn't vote for Trump. I didn't vote for Trump. Isn't it time, like, there's some weird shit going on with, like, Trump that we're not only people deranged about him. I think people were deranged about Obama. But they weren't at, like, mainstream venues on mainstream news, like, calling, you know, with this Obama crap. Have we reached a point now when people are just completely deranged about Trump and we'll just are going to overtake every single venue and event possible just to bash Trump? I don't know. It's it's getting kind of scary. <laughs> I mean, uh, they probably feel like they got to speak out because, I mean, like you probably should have taken every opportunity you had to like bash Hitler before Hitler like started uh, killing um, people that didn't agree with him. Yeah, but do you think like well, first of all, the rich people in Germany weren't they were praising Hitler, <laughs> but you know, do you think do you think any single bit of good comes from like wealthy celebrities decked out in tuxedos like talking shit about Trump? Is there any possible way that that could lead to any positive change? No, I think it leads to people voting for Trump because yes, they're yes. like these fucking assholes have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, they've they've never done anything to help us, but they want to tell us who to vote for and. And, and how to live our lives. And, you know, you look at Robert De Niro, it's like, I don't know, he just comes off as an asshole. If, I think, if, I think the, the conservative side gets, gets biased against the fact that when they have really rich people, really rich old Republicans or whatever, and they tell, like, co- speak up for the common man, everyone just laughs at them because they're, like, on a yacht somewhere and they're evading taxes and they're talking about the common man. Everyone kind of laughs at them. And, they, and so they don't really do it. They do all their shit, nefarious shit behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, on the other side, I think they, like, come out and really feel like they are valid spokespeople for, like, the common man. Like, he's talking about, so he was talking about the na- how they're cutting the National Endowment for the Arts. Trump has said he's going to cut the National Endowment for the Arts because he says all the money just goes to rich New Yorkers. And there's no reason for the government to fund that. Which is actually at least half true or more. Uh, whether or not you believe in that or not, like, believe in public funding of the arts, a lot of the money goes to sort of wealthy kids of wealthy, wealthy donors. Yeah, it goes to some guy to build a fucking shitty sculpture. First of all, if the government's giving you money to do your art, your yes. art fucking blows really hard, and there's no use for it in society whatsoever. Yeah, there's always, they always point to like the graffiti artist as getting an endowment to do graffiti art about like speaking up of like ghetto issues or some shit like that. Once the government funds your art, it's not art anymore. No, it's not certainly not cool anymore. <laughs> it can't be you can't be countercultural when you're. Your spray paint is being paid for by the by the tax by tax dollars. Yeah, but also it generally goes to it goes to generally it's always traditionally gone to like Soho arts districts, you know, like shows or avant garde shows, and they're usually connected. People who go to like Columbia or somewhere else who get these endowment for the arts because they're sophisticated. They're either connected or they're sophisticated enough to properly channel their applications oh, of course. and get people to pay for their shit. Well, let me fill out an application. Let's see where that goes. Yes. Hey, I need I need some money to <laughs> film a stand up special. Oh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you're not, get, you're not getting crap. So just, I, I just I always bring this up. But I feel like people that are really not just rich but sort of conspicuously consu- conspicuous consumers and also that have fake jobs like, actor, like actors, like a guy who built himself up like in, you know, in a construction job and can point to like all like working his way up the top, got fucking blistered hands. He can talk about how he started at the very bottom, the mailroom guy. That guy might have a story to tell you can believe in. 
but these are people that are like living in you know very plush paces in Manhattan, and then they're going to these limousines to this arts festival and talking about how like, you know Trump is destroying the country. That never, that just can't possibly work. Will they? Can you make them shut up, Matt? Yeah, I. I it, it's like you don't want to agree with with Trump, but it's no. like I would be totally fine with the NEA being completely defunded and shut down. Oh, uh, man, you're yeah. not going to Lincoln Center anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, Lincoln Center, by the way, probably gets money from the government. Probably gets money for certain productions and stuff from the government, just because it's the Lincoln Center and these big arts foundations and, and, and venues get money from the government. Yeah, so then they can charge me twelve bucks to go in and be like, the fucking Museum of Modern Art has a big rock in it. Some asshole, <laughs> smart, shrewd, savvy, still clearly an asshole, talentless asshole, got paid to put a rock in a building. Here's my feeling, my entire feeling about modern art is if you're if you're not with a date, you can mock it, and if you're with a date, you need to say, very thought provoking, and hope you get laid. That's just. That's my entire impression of modern art. Is that guys are supposed to look at it and either mock it or if they're with a girl, just pretend it's thought provoking. I disagree. I think you should talk shit about it in front of the girl because she's wow. every other guy is going to do what you just said. You got to go against the grain because everyone's deep down thinking the same exact thing unless they're mentally retarded. So when the girl invites you to the modern art museum, you're just going to go rip on all the pieces. Gonna go rip on all the pieces. Indeed, I am. <laughs> is this why you get punched by women so often? <laughs> it works. <laughs> Let me ask you about an email from Amy. Uh, she wants to know about porn stars. This is right up your alley. Uh, you could probably you can't name like hundred baseball players, but you could probably name hundred porn stars. I could definitely name more porn stars than baseball yes. players. Uh, so I don't know if you know Molly Cavalli, which by the way is a really horrible name. If you're gonna make a porn star name for yourself, it's just gotta be like something really simple that invokes images of, of a vagina being fucked. Molly Cavelli. Yeah, that sounds like a name you would change to another name. Yes, that sounds like the name of the girl you took to the prom, but she was your third choice. Like, that's not the name of the girl you want to spend your entire life savings on watching fuck on camera. It's a really poor choice. And it's hard to spell. Yes. Oddly, you know, people with the cooler names, they change their names. Like Cassius Clay, you can't do any better than that. No. Um, he wasn't happy with his name. He Lou was a, Alcinder. Yeah, they're great achievers. So, she changed her name to Molly Cavelli. You sound I like a Jersey I think it might be her name. But she's oh. actually an attractive blonde with big breasts. So let's forgive her for everything right off the bat. Uh, she's a cam star. Cam star. By the way, cams are where all the money is now in porn. I don't know if you notice know if you know this or not. Uh, f- if you go online, if you've ever been online uh, to view pornography before, mm-hmm. <laughs> the off chance, keep talking. It's all free, right? Yeah. And then they all their whole reason it's free is because they try to drive you to the pay stuff. And ninety nine percent of people don't do that because men are cheap and they're reasonably intelligent even about their porn even while they're being cookie tracked by all these things for a million IP address stuff there's so much porn why would you ever pay for porn uh, well the reason is if you want a short explanation is people are addicted and like one or two percent of people are addicted they can't control themselves mm. so it's it's just sort of like why would a guy you know drink way too much or do that guy does too, too many drugs you know like when you're just on a night out or whatever if booze were free I would never pay for booze the guy you go to I with understand Ve- your point the guy you go to with Vegas who always ends up in the gutter somewhere you have to fight, fight him there's always <laughs> one guy who can't control himself and if you multiply that by oh a billion people that's like 10, 15, 20 million guys who can't control themselves and go to that por- go to the pay stuff so the one guy that gets into it gets way way in too deep oh and they spend Basically, every single dollar they can until the credit card maxes out on that shit. Because they get addicted to it. And there's some chick on the other end talking to you, telling you how much she loves your cock and she can't wait to fuck herself thinking about it. And you just go, you know, you know how it is at strip clubs when you're drunk and you keep going to hit the ATM machine? Yeah. It's that times a thousand. It's that, but there's no, there's no buddy around to stop you. 
and the place never closes. So if you're a cam girl, what kind of what's your work week like? Uh, well, I mean, you're working, as, you're going on as often as you can to get as much money as you can. So if, I don't, if you ever again, uh, Brian knows because I think he consumes porn mostly most of the day. <laughs> but uh, yes, but, uh, the cam girls, I think it's free for like the first minute, and then like some guy takes them private, mm-hmm. and that's when you start paying. So they they do the tease for like a minute, and then some guy offers to pay money to like get rid of all the other guys. And that's when the money starts. That's when the cha-ching, cha-ching starts racking up, right? So you tip them in tokens, and I've seen it done. I yeah, this, this whole I mean, the tokens. Whatever porn companies are doing is by far the smartest marketing in the entire world because they have figured out the human psychology better than anybody else. Because they're it's gambling and porn are the people have figured out the online personas better than anybody else. They know exactly what they're doing to draw on addicts. It's just like a pusher. Uh, so the cam girls get paid, and they and they get they split the money with the cam providers. But that's where all the money is going. Like eighty percent of the paid money paid for on porn online is going to the cam operation. So if you notice, if you track one day where it's going to, it all leads you to cam, uh, and that's where you hand over your credit card. And then next thing you know, you got a twenty thousand dollar you got twenty thousand dollar bill. Right. <laughs> you're you're getting divorced. Your kids are leaving you. All that shit like that. But it's dependent upon those guys. Uh, so Molly Cavalli works for a place called Cam Soda. They're all named Cam something. Uh, Cam Soda sounds like a horrible name, but it probably makes a billion dollars, so let's not laugh at it right away. Of course, the owner of Cam Soda also sells... Every guy who works in porn has a side business (laughs) that always sounds ridiculous, and it is ridiculous. So his side business, the Cam Soda person, is selling shark cages, shark uh, viewing cages for people that dive with snorkels to see sharks. Is this in Florida? Yes, of course it's it's in Florida. A lot of cocaine, shark cages, and... uh if you, if you polled, like, guys who own porn companies as to what their side business was, you would just come with a panoply of the most bizarre, like, weird, bizarre, like, little businesses yeah. that had nothing to do with pornography or anything you'd ever think of doing. And they're really heavy into it. They're really heavily into it. I think it's just a, more, of an, it's more of an escapist thing and also thinking, like, I do porn. I make a lot of money off this. I can make money off this crappy thing. Yeah, it's kind of a... I don't know. I picture what Guy Fieri would do in his free time. Yes. And it's kind of like that, right? I don't know. He fought with his gay hairdresser. <laughs> Shit like that. Yeah. So this guy runs Cam Soda decides he's going to use his cam, hot, hottest cam girl, biggest money-making cam girl, and drop her in a shark cage off the waters of Florida after they chum the water for sharks so she can be filmed underwater promoting the shark cage. And she's a cam girl with big breasts. Is and this, this little... degrading to women or just degrading regardless of the gender? Yeah. It's just... It's... I probably seem like a really good idea when you're fucking tweaking. <laughs> like, I know, we're going to get uh, Molly Cavalli into the fucking tank with these fucking uh, sharks. We're going to chum the water and then put her in this cage, which, by the way, the cage looked like it was the bars on it. I don't know anything about shark cages, but it looked like the bars are so wide the shark could easily get inside the cage. Yeah, you could. Well, you could get out of the cage through the bars. Through the bars, it was a poor. You're not <laughs> like yeah. If I, I guess could, I guess sharks don't. They have the, so the sharks have the big flat heads, and I guess they can't. They don't really go sideways when they attack. Like they don't invert themselves sideways to fit in the smaller spaces. So the theory being the shark's big flat head is going to, even though it's a wide space, is going to butt up against the bars. Yeah, they got this idea from watching movies like The Deep Blue Sea <laughs> yes. and Jaws. Yes. Is how they designed the cage. Yes. It didn't seem like a great cage. She seemed really happy when she got into the water because for just a second she didn't have, like, two black hawks up her ass. So this, by comparison, jumping in the, in the water. And by the way, I'm assuming she had zero training whatsoever for this before they put her in the water. She, they did well, not send her to, like, a shark Do you need camp. training? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, apparently you do, Matt, because uh, about 30 seconds of this thing, she got 
bit the fucking bit on her foot. Heavy bad bite by the shark, the lemon shark or something like that. They're called, mm-hmm. uh, and had to be dragged up, dragged up out of the water. And she had this massive laceration on, like around just around her ankle bone. There was just just blood was just coming on the, coming on the boat. They say she got scared and and swam out of the top. Yes, yeah, well, so she was filming, and then they when the shark attacked, suddenly the, 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 the when the shark came, suddenly the cameras stopped working, and or they just destroyed the they destroyed the evidence. Not sure, not sure exactly what it is, but I'm going to say destroyed the evidence. But just, here's here's the email. Let me ask you the question. Uh, that porn star chick Molly Cavalli that got bit by a shark during a promo. Nobody gives a shit, right? That's the question. Do we care what happens to porn stars, Matt? I mean, are they just like human fodder for like our gladiators' uh, thunderdomes? Can we just stick them in water with sharks and watch them get bit? I don't think we can allow ourselves to care because right. if we really kind of did some minimal research and figured out what was going on you know we'd feel like terrible people for watching porn right but we're not going to stop watching porn no. so we kind of have to be willfully ignorant on this i think that is the exact same reason why i never do research on the country of india <laughs> <laughs> because if you ever get into it it's so fucking depressing you start like going down this, this sinkhole of like poverty and people eating like crap pies in india and living in garbage dumps yeah and it never ends it just never ends it's just like you become so depressed and you're like oh there's a billion people there and it's just a fucking shit country same reason about porn stars is you have to like, you can't care about everything in the world because then you would care about nothing, right? You'd just be wallowing, crying, around, crying all day long and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of feel how I feel about the celebrities a little bit with Trump, which is like they're so obsessed with the outrage. They just scream about outrage all day long and get nothing done. So you really can't, if you really, I think what you're saying is if you cared about porn stars, you'd have to stop watching porn. Yeah. And that's f- unacceptable. Or figure out what was going on it's like that new uh there's a new thing on netflix about cam about porn uh shit what's it called uh, i can't remember oh the rashida jones project yeah 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 where she pretends to care about women yes yeah, so and now all the porn chicks are like we were exploited by that movie and it's like well yeah i mean your obviously your porn stars <laughs> even people wouldn't even, you rather do a documentary than a porn shoot but even women even women in hollywood feminist women trying to make documentaries about porn stars <laughs> Are exploiting the porn stars because it's just too hard not to, right? They're just, uh, they allow it. Yes. And the problem is that people are pretty nasty by nature and uh, they'll exploit anyone or use anyone that lets them d- get away with it's it. It's just you know? nature, I think, to exploit. I always say this about, like, you know, in half these relationships where, like, guys are sort of really mean to their women, not being them necessarily, but really, like, cheating on them, just being shitty boyfriends. I always feel like it's because you let them do that. I mean, if you give people like huge rope and leeway and you kind of say you can treat me like shit and I'm okay with that it's just human nature on the other side to treat you like shit yeah I mean even if you're not a bad guy you're still going to start taking a lot of leeway with what you do in your relationship like if your girlfriend catches you cheating and she says I well whatever don't do it again you're going to do it again (laughs) if she hits you with a fucking iron maybe you'll think about it it. I don't know it's just like it's just human nature to take advantage of people, Yeah, right? if I didn't stand up for myself, I, I mean, people try and fuck with me every goddamn day. They do, man. On everything. Yes. The cell phone company on down the line. Uh, it was like that porn star Janice Griffith who got thrown off the building into the pool. Yeah, um, by Bazarian. And Bizarre. broke her foot. Yes. You know, you don't let someone throw you uh, off a building and no. expect good results. No. Um, but, you know, these people are all broken. These women are fucking broken individuals. So, you know, that's what's sad about it. That's why I don't want to claim, like, superiority on this. But I also, like, I don't know. I'm not going to stop watching the porn. What about women getting bit? I don't bit? want, like, you <laughs> what know. What about porn stars getting bit by sharks? Because here's the thing. 
Here's exactly why you hire porn stars for stuff. If you had hired like any actress, I've been on set so many times, and like the actress has to come out like in lingerie, or she has to do some scenes she doesn't want, and she locks herself in her fucking trailer and wants to renegotiate everything. Has to be coaxed. Someone has to coax her out to do shit. Porn star, she gets bit by a shark, twenty-five stitch laceration, and immediately she's on Twitter going like, hey, "It's nothing. I do it again. These guys are great. I love it." Like you know, it's just the play the placation level of like the level to please of a porn star is off the charts. And yeah. so she just got bit by a fucking shark. And by the way, in the thing, she's crying. She's crying because she's scared. It hurt. She's crying. Like five minutes later, like, all right, well, I'll do it again, but this time I'll, I'll suck a guy's dick while, while it's going on. And the guy's like, okay. And throws her 100. Right. It's just, that's who you want on your team, right? You want the porn stars. They don't complain about shit. No, no, they don't. And, and they, yeah, they don't, they're inept. Even if they wanted to complain, it just wouldn't come off right. No, they have been degraded and broken to a point. Like a dog that's been beat too much to the point that they're going to do whatever you ask them to do. And it's not your fault, so why, why, not, take it, why not take advantage of it? I'm not, I should, I'm not laughing. I'm taking that back seriously. We should all stop this. Try and stop whatever the hell you're doing on cam, Camtasia. I always got cams. I always add the word cam on it instead of just sex cam. It has to have some word, like pretend like you're doing something not beaten off on camera. Right, right. <laughs> Very kind of kind of bothers me. Uh, Matt, our final segment this week, panties in a bunch. Uh, I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you what has my panties in a bunch. Emma Watson, who I, I used to love Emma Watson as uh, Hermione in uh, Harry Potter movies I never watched. But she seemed like a, a little girl actress who wasn't that annoying. She has somehow developed into the most annoying person on the planet. Uh, it's just It was even before she became the UN ambassador some fake woman shit. Right. She, by the way, is in charge of that He for She campaign. How are you doing that He for She campaign? I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it means that you, by acting like a man, can help women. Oh, got well, it. That's that's. There's that's, a party. There's a party at the. There's a party at the Ritz later it's on. Condescending to <laughs> half the population. Uh, have you you've been watching the NBA playoffs? I assume, right? Yeah. So you've seen all the lean-in commercials again? Yes, I have. Yeah. Are you, have you bought it? Have you bought the? Hey, lean-in? slightly compromise your values. <laughs> yes. So that you can, uh, pretend, the NBA can pretend they're good. Lean in, man. Why can't you lean in a little bit and help out? Lean in sounds like you're about to try and make out with a chick that doesn't want it. <laughs> it definitely sounds like something you got arrested for in certain countries. Uh, but the NBA, that's the best the NBA could come up with and get guys to, to say it with a straight face to the camera. So here's why I don't like Emma Watson. So she gave another speech. She won. Did you watch the MTV Movie Awards? No, I somehow missed those. Yeah, I didn't know they even still take place. MTV, by the way, before we get into their social progressiveness, has to have killed and, and, and deformed and deranged more people, young teens and everybody else, than anybody, any channel in the history of television. Like, their, pro, their entire programming is antisocial, sort of drug, teenage pregnancy promoting, like, you know, hatred parents, like, don't really be ambitious in life, don't worry about school. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's fine, whatever, but it's like their entire message to young people is like, just don't worry about being an asshole who just thinks about yourself and doesn't do much in life. And if you go to jail, we'll do a, te- we'll do a show on you. I mean, there's no yeah. more, like, destructive, like, you know. The key to happiness is owning 12 cars that you rented and for no apparent reason. Yeah. Or getting pregnant at 15 is a really good thing. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't destroy your life. It makes your life awesome. Look at this. You got a TV show and like, oh, you got to, you know, whatever. Oh, you're, oh you, you, your baby daddy's going to jail. You get season two. This is the best thing ever. So they, they have a lot to answer for. And this is just a crappy program. But their MTV awards, of course, they have to be very politically correct. So they, had, they gave 
they decided this year they were going to have a Best Actor and Actress Award merge into a Best Non-Gender-Specific act- Acting Award. Wow. What, yes. a, what a conveniently prescient <laughs> yes. and fucking pointless thing to do. It is. And then not only that, they just, uh, they just uh, nominated a bunch of male and female actors and actresses who weren't particularly great actors or actresses, but seemed to fit the bill for people that might be in that award. Very progressive, like gender-neutral-minded. Gender uh, they've totally bastardized the coveted yes. MTV movie Best Actor Award yes. that no uh, one ever cared about. I will have you know, I have a, I have a Golden Popcorn Award. I'll tell oh, you about yeah. one day. Yes. I don't like to brag about it. because like it was hidden in a storage container it was made of plastic. It's made of plastic and it fell apart. <laughs> uh, but Emma Watson won the award for Beauty and the Beast. Okay, you can't win an award for Beauty and the Beast. That's just ridiculous. Uh, she won the award because she's the most famous person who agreed to show up. And she's a big... Na- she's, I mean, Beauty and the Beast did a lot of, lot of box office. She was a big get. She's also um, just a... A heteronormative woman also. Aren't the other ones were all like sort of on the spectrum? Well, they, they were all like people who have spoken out before about gender issues. Oh, they weren't like a bunch of... No, no, but to get... To, no, but funny you should mention that. To give the hand the Golden Popcorn Award out, the plastic piece of shit, uh, they picked the first non-binary gender-defined actorist person in Hollywood uh, on a, on a uh, primetime TV show. Which is, uh, I forget her name. It's a her, I think, it's has her head shaved and restricted her breast or something. I don't, I don't know. I think you can be a her if you're non-binary. I think that means you're neither. You're well, just... yeah, you're not either, but I think it was originally oh, oh. originally a girl. Looks like It looks like a really, yeah, I'm saying it not to be derogatory because I think that's the appropriate pronoun you're supposed to use. Uh, uh, he or she, it, is on the program, Showtime program. You're supposed to say themselves, even when that's not the proper conjugation. Yeah, sure. You, you don't have to sound like a dumb redneck yes. because this person's an asshole. Uh, is on the show uh, Billions and is the first person ever in primetime to be, I guess to basically say, I'm not a man or a woman and be on a primetime show. So there you have it. So they passed out the award. So then Emma Watson, after thanking MTV for being so progressive in in gender neutrality to not assign a sex to acting because as a craft, why should it matter what gender you are as a beautiful craft? Uh, she then went on to thank the presenter. We'll let the casting directors figure this <laughs> yes. one out. She went on to thank the, the, the presenter. By the way, this is all, this is all prepared, prepared speeches she had. She went on to thank the presenter for being so brave and bold and then forcing her to look up what non-gender, binary, whatever the fuck it was, was so that she could know what it was and educate herself so she could be more literate in the ways of gender, of, of gender uh, fluidity. Mm-hmm. And then, worst of all, Matt, I'm glad you're asking, there was a third strike. <laughs> is During the award for Beauty and the Beast, mind you, uh, she went on to talk about how the role of Belle was a, a transformative role for women and how it showed that you know, women around the world that they could be more than just you know, slave girls and stuff like that. It's really about literacy and progress and opportunity for women. And this would be inspire women around the world to, to be their better selves and to be equals of men and so forth. It's a Disney fucking princess, Disney princess role uh, that we know from the very beginning she only got because she was kicked off La La Land because she was so hard to work with. Mm-hmm. Do you think these women actually believe their own bullshit about like, you know, we talked about with Brie Larson last week. And there's been other examples where they actually believe that, like, instead of just taking $15 million to do a stupid Disney movie, they're actually on some sort of higher purpose social civil rights mission. And this is really a important cause or part of it. Or is it all bullshit? I'm always inclined to believe it's all bullshit because it's, it's very self-serving beneficial for her to claim that she's doing this for some kind of progressive purpose or whatever. Um, 
but maybe that's you know I don't know if she's a good actress but she's good enough to lead a major film and maybe believing things that aren't true you know that that's actually what makes you a, a good actress well that's I always wonder about that the Academy Awards when they start like crying when actors start crying when they win the awards I'm like come on you're trained to cry you Let's gotta just... force yourself to get into the moment yes you're trained to cry I've seen you cry in seven movies now you're crying on stage I'm supposed to believe you now uh, but no, here's the thing. I, I will take the opposing view from you slightly. I think they believe their own bullshit. I think these are, uh, these are generally wealth, uh, well, women who are raised fairly well off in the acting community that come from like, you know, fairly well to do families that started training in acting when they were young and went to all the special schools and private training. And I think now they're in this thing, we're in this age where like that's really shunned and they're looked down upon. They don't have any street cred, as it were. Mm-hmm. They're like, just like those like, rappers with no street cred have to go out and do stupid shit like shoot somebody. Because they feel like they're just really not fitting in. They don't fit in at all. Look at, look at Drake. Like Drake doing shit. It's like he just feels compelled. Like, because he knows deep down no one really, the other guys don't, the guys who grew up in the streets don't accept him. Mm-hmm. So he has to be extra, get into like a fight at a club or some stupid shit just to prove himself. I think these women feel like they're not part of this progressive feminist, like really hard, you know, poor Ugandan woman who's being beaten in Uganda, whatever. They can never really truly be of that world. So they create this bullshit, like sort of mythology around what they're doing. Like, I'm not taking $15 million to be the prince, a Disney princess. I'm changing the way women will be seen forevermore, like in fucking Burma and in Indonesia in the sweatshops. And they have to tell themselves this because it's the only way they feel like they're actually doing something important in their lives. Yeah, and, and when you're raised in a sheltered environment like that and you're you know, built up so much that you essentially turn into a, a narcissist, uh, you know, you think everything that you say and do is the fucking best thing that's ever happened, and that's exactly what's what's happening with her. She thinks that doing this movie was um, some kind of charitable act or like a virtuous. Of, it's her, and, like it's like her Selma, right? It's her block. It's her crossing the bridge in Selma. Yeah, and and maybe she does believe it because you know she's never been to any kind of institution where uh people question what she says she doesn't get questioned a lot by anyone. well she went to brown university matt so i think you should pull that back right now <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it makes sense uh and, she, and by the way shaved her head when she got there well and once you become a, a really huge money maker at whatever it was 12 or something uh, yeah at that yeah. point no one's gonna talk shit about whatever you're saying they're just gonna agree with you because they don't care uh, but it's not worth it to argue with you. And so, like so, a like a ball, like a comparison to an athlete who just starts getting yes people around them when they're like ten or eleven. Yeah, you just turn into a fucking dumb asshole. It se- it just se- thank you very much. It just seems that way. Oh, by the way, I want to put a plug in for Rocco's. Rocco's the best place for pizza, skinny margaritas. Matt, you're looking good. By the way, I think you're Thanks. like seven skinny margaritas from fitting into that bikini for the summer. For the summer. <laughs> Can you, can you skinny margarita yourself into a great body? I got to rename it. There's no way. They made that for women, the skinny margarita. I think. Yeah, the whole skinny. There was that uh, Bethany Frankel, that uh, Real Housewives anorexic chick. Yeah, they literally made a skinny. She has a brand named Skinny, whatever the hell it is. Skinny margaritas. I think it's called Skinny Vodka was her brand. Yeah. I'm not sure if she owns it. She probably, she probably gets a piece of the action off your little gay drinks. Uh, Shredded margarita? First of all, margaritas themselves are not very manly. You're asking for a, a frozen fruit cocktail. So right off the bat, it's really hard to pull off. Unless you're like like a rapper or something, some kind of weird fucking... Tequila, lime juice. You know. No, it's not, not cool at all. Uh, let me just finish up on Emma Watson. I, I, think it's, I think she believes her own bullshit. I think these people get into this thing of like street cred among their, their thing, which is like... You ever remember like Scarlett Johansson? Remember when they had the rally after Trump won the election? And all the women, the march on Washington? I think you went, Matt. You held some purses, <laughs> like a whole bunch of purses. 
Like Madonna goes, I'm going to blow up the White House and kill Trump. And the Scarlet Johansson is like, I had 75 abortions. And they're all coming like, I think these people are privileged. Like, just feeling even they're trying to connect with like the average like poor black woman who had to really get an abortion for some valid reason. They have to like feel a need to connect. So they're going way over the top with their like, you know, their, their, their points of reference. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. Like, like her saying Bell, it's like she did a movie about suffering women and nobody saw it like you know some Angelina Jolie movie and she can talk to the social cause she did fucking Beauty and the Beast well and they're not totally uh, mindless I mean they can see what gets a response you know they can see what's in vogue what's going to make a magazine headline yeah you know and and it's like Pavlov I mean that's what they do I think they're all nuts you want to know why they're nuts Matt they're chicks (laughs) (laughs) that's the story today chicks are nuts you have something you wish to pimp and promote Matt for the show uh, MattRalston.net and Twitter at Matthew Ralston. Do you have anything you're going to be arrested for this week? No. What a uh, fucking oh, just more Ashley Graham. But we've all hashed that out before. I keep looking for you on World Star Hip Hop for girl fights. Her quote was, uh, "Perfection is impossible, so stop striving for it." I kind of like that actually. Doesn't that just mean give up? You don't think fat women can make good quotes, do you? No. Brian, you have something you wish to promote? I don't know. It sounded like she's kind of ripping off my favorite comedian, Stephen Wright, there. He said, my teacher told me practice makes perfect, but then he told me nobody's perfect, so I stopped practicing. (laughs) I'm not sure she's a big Stephen Wright fan. I don't know. Brian, by the way, is Stephen Wright your favorite favorite comedian because you and he have the exact same cadence? (laughs) Yeah, I've I've been told I have similar delivery and enthusiasm. You got a Shatner thing going on where you kind of hang on each, <laughs> hang on each word a little bit. You know, something you wish to promote, Brian? Ventura County Pirates start next uh, next month. Um, also first Monday of the month at, at uh, Bar is that, One. Is that going to be an ESPN The Ocho? I might actually be doing play-by-play um, on probably YouTube or something. Um, I don't know, I think Ocho might be too high up. Very nice. I want to thank Rocco's. Everyone at Rocco's, thank you. You guys were fantastic. Can I get some more fake claps, please? Thank you. More fake claps. That was fantastic. Come to Rocco's Studio City. They really do have great drinks and great food and great service. And a lot of TVs showing the Chive, the Chive channel, which amuses Matt like a little toddler. I <laughs> uh, love bloopers. <laughs> yes. Uh, what can I say? Yeah, really, I, if you could just look at people's YouTube like history, you could really judge people really, really <laughs> well. Uh, this is Lex. Last minute. Talk to you next week.